Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, and you are listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This week we are on Unit 26, Session 2, titled The Covenant-Making Priest. Last week we backtracked a bit, but this week we return to the storyline with a passage out of Matthew 26. Jesus continued his march to the cross, but he stopped to celebrate the Passover meal with his disciples. The time of his departure was near, and one among his disciples would betray him. Yet Jesus did something more than simply predict his death and resurrection, as he had before. This time, he performed the first Lord's Supper. Christians have taken the Lord's Supper ever since as a reminder of Christ's broken body and his shed blood upon the cross. This signifies the new covenant between Jesus and his people, a promise sealed by Jesus' blood to save his people from their sins. In the Lord's Supper, Jesus presented a picture of the sacrifice he would make on the cross and also affirmed that he would be victorious. His kingdom will not fail. In point one, we discovered that the Son of Man will be betrayed as a part of God's plan. Take note that Leader Pack items two and three will help you orient your group to the location and timing of the event in this session. In Matthew 5.17, Jesus said that he came not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill. And that is what Jesus does in Matthew 26. With the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover meal, Jesus fulfills their meaning. Jesus' time was near, meaning the time of his sacrificial death. Soon, Jesus would be crucified for the sins of the world so that God's just wrath can pass over all those who believe in him for their salvation. So Jesus made plans to celebrate the Passover meal with his twelve disciples. The Passover, of course, was the ritual meal to remember and honor God's actions in rescuing his people Israel from slavery in Egypt. In Exodus, after nine devastating plagues, the Lord enacted his most severe plague, the death of the firstborn sons. All the previous plagues avoided affecting the Israelites as a matter of course. But the tenth plague was different, requiring an act of faith for the Israelites to be spared. So, along with the Egyptians, the Israelites were subject to the consequences of this plague unless they followed God's command to sacrifice a lamb, paint its blood on their doorposts, and then participate in the meal that followed. For those families who obeyed, the punishment of death would pass over their houses, sparing their firstborn sons. In essence, the lamb's death took the place of the son's death. And so it is with Jesus in his crucifixion. Except as the lamb of God slain for the sins of the world, the punishment of death falls on the one and only firstborn Son of God. As part of the discussion around this Passover meal, Jesus foretells his betrayal at the hands of one of his disciples. Eleven disciples are perplexed, self-reflecting and wondering if it could be them. But Judas knew he was guilty, and Jesus knew it too. But what is especially striking is the way Jesus talked about this betrayal. It would be a fulfillment of Scripture in which Jesus would perfectly obey his part. Yet that didn't absolve or excuse Judas of his guilt in the matter. You may find the sidebar doctrinal statement on God's plan and human action helpful for this point. In point two, we see that the Son of Man will be sacrificed as part of God's covenant. 
With this passage, we come to the origin of the Lord's Supper that we celebrate in our churches. And the Lord's Supper is the key doctrine for this session as well. Again, the Passover meal was to be observed in remembrance and honor of what God had done for the Israelites in leading them out of slavery in Egypt. The Exodus was a foundational event for the people of Israel, so the Passover held deep significance for them. But here, Jesus reinterprets the Passover meal and narrows its focus to himself. He takes two elements, bread and cup, and connects these to his body and blood, respectively. In this way, Jesus shows that he is the fulfillment of the Passover. Its massive significance for Israel was ultimately intended to point to Jesus Christ as our Passover from the consequences of sin, death, and hell. And Jesus framed this reinterpreted meal in the context of a covenant. What Jesus would do through his sacrifice on the cross is memorialized in the Lord's Supper, which serves as a sign of the new covenant God makes with all his people for the forgiveness of sins. Purification and cleansing from sin is made possible by the perfect sacrifice of the Lamb of God for all who believe in him. We remember Jesus' sacrifice and express our faith in him for our forgiveness, in part through our participation in the Lord's Supper with our churches. In point three, we see that the Son of Man will be celebrated as part of God's kingdom. The Lord's Supper helps us to remember Jesus' sacrifice, but it is also meant to point us forward to the time when we will share this meal afresh and anew with Jesus in His Father's kingdom. One day, Jesus will come again and receive to Himself all His people by faith, and He will bring with Him the fullness of the kingdom of God, and we will be with Him forevermore. No more sin, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears, no more death. Jesus' death on the cross secured our salvation and eternal life, and we ought always to remember His glorious sacrifice for us. But we do so looking forward to the day when His resurrection three days later becomes our own, and we will then share eternity with Him in perfect fellowship and joy. As the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11:23-26, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The final verse of this passage says that Jesus and the disciples went out to the Mount of Olives, where Jesus would be betrayed by Judas, and Jesus would begin the final steps of the cross. But first, they sang a hymn. Consider the options listed on later page 87 to share in this experience with Jesus and his disciples. You could read together Psalm 117 as a hymn of worship, or you could use Pack Item 9 to sing together the hymn, Hallelujah, What a Savior, or you could do both. Whatever you do, make sure to honor and praise Jesus for the gift of himself as the sacrifice we needed for the forgiveness of our sins. After God made the Mosaic Covenant with Israel, and sealed it through sacrifices, 
the people of God went on to break the covenant, worshiping false gods. Yet God promised to enact a new covenant in which he would forgive sins and write his law on his people's hearts. At the Last Supper, Jesus explained that his sacrificial death would establish this new covenant and bring forgiveness of sin. Because we believers have new life through faith in Jesus Christ, we should celebrate the Lord's Supper in our churches, looking back to Christ's finished work and also looking forward to his glorious return when we will celebrate it with him forevermore. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. Thank you.